0: Welcome to the Theobrogens Podcast, a ministry and theology podcast brought
1: to you by two really, really holy, smart, and good-looking pastors. Dropping gems and bringing the thunder. Hey, welcome to Theobrogens. We are super excited. Did you hear how hardcore <laughs> I said, hey, hey? You scared me. <laughs> We're sitting in a quiet room, and Rich was looking down at his book, and I go, hey, and
0: he almost jumped out of his chair. I had my chair. head down when he did I was like... <laughs>
1: Oh man! Listen, we are super excited about our content. Yeah, today. you are. So, uh, yeah, I came out the came out the gate hot. Um, you know, on this podcast, we we aim to cover certain different you know different topics for pastors, for ministry leaders, for Christ followers. Um, we have Christian living topics. We have ministry topics, culture topics. Today, we are focusing more heavily on a theological topic. Right on theology, we are going to look at this idea of penal substitution and, and you know, Christ going to the cross and what that means, what that looks like, how it's interpreted, how we sort of apply that to our life, um, because our interpretation of it really kind of shifts and shapes a lot of our faith.
0: Yeah, and like a lot of how you approach other people or uh, approach matters of faith, like this, how you view... Atonement and all these different things really comes down and what we'll get into in a minute comes down to how you view God what you view God's character and Jesus's character to be and that works its way through all of your other theology and so this is this is a pretty big one. I'm actually kind of we're talking about what should we talk about today and we brought this one up and I think it's a good one because it's such a big one you it's, know it's
1: huge and so we um, we aim to cover it in like 30 yeah. minutes
0: or so but i'm nervous because We're, there's so much that could be said that won't be because right. We're we hitting have the a fast time forward limit forward button through this yeah.
1: essentially to give sort of a, a broad so there's going to be some broad sweeping statements there's going to be some um, you know generalizations so you know if you want to nitpick at us come on with it we'll 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 talk a little deeper
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think um we sh- just from from the onset we should say that the goal is not to have a super detailed um you know organized bullet pointed um you know like a rundown or summary of each different theology if you want that you can uh pause it now go go google you know get some books check out some um some theologians and like really wrap your mind around both sides of this what we're going to do is kind of lay out the bare bones of each um, a little bit of the history of each and then we're going to kind of talk through how each one could make sense and all that. And then we kind of leave it up to you in the end. And so if you haven't heard of these two sides of the atonement theories or whatever, um, you're in for a treat because they are very interesting. (laughs) But if you hold to one side of these more than the other, um, don't expect us to endorse Yeah, one or the other. You know, like I think we each have a way that we might lean. Yeah. Um, but we're not championing either one of them to say that this is the way to go. If
1: you do champion one of these uh, above the other or whatever, um, we would encourage you to not um just keep the unknown um at arm's length. Yeah. Like, uh, be very, very aware at the at the boundaries of your um, ignorance. You know, like yeah. be, be very conscious of the things you don't know, mm-hmm. and be a student. Don't be just a don't just be a critic. Yeah, I think because they so say
0: huge. you should you should know. Uh, even the things that you don't believe as much as you know what what you do believe exactly you know because it's important to know why you don't believe it you know exactly. what I mean and exactly. and if you don't know the inner workings of it then you don't really know if you believe it or not mm-hmm. you know that's so, huge
1: well let's, let's jump into it then man uh, let's talk about penal substitution first
0: yeah so you want to give them like
1: a I mean yeah this essentially the rundown is this idea that Jesus suffered uh, the penalty for all mankind and um, on the cross, right? Yeah. That, that, like God wasn't willing or able to simply forgive sin without first requiring satisfaction for it. Yes. Right? So
0: there, you know, in theological circles, I think they refer to the—there's a few different theories in that, but I think they all stem from uh, penal substitution. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just a big theological word as well for there is like a penalty that was breached by law, by right. God's law. Yes. So there needs to be a substitute for whoever broke the law. Otherwise, that person is required to pay the law. Right. So penal substitutionary atonement yeah. is Jesus dying for us breaking the law. Yes, exactly. Um, and so that's that's how that word breaks, or that theory, break, or the name of that breaks down. Yeah. Um,
1: and this is like, this is like, this goes back to... Second Temple Judaism. I mean, this is like super, super old old school. Mm -hmm. And um, it was formally sort of developed in the 16th century with the Protestant Reformation guys like Martin Luther and John Calvin and Charles Hodges. Yeah. And these guys. Big guys. Those are big names. These are big names. And so I feel like that's partially why you know us being on the other side of the Reformation um, as Protestant, evangelical, whatever, um, however you want to define that, we take what those dudes say— Super heavy. Yeah, we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they're the ones that kind of organize this, put this thought process together. And so I think that's why a lot of mainline evangelical Christians adhere to this form of the Mm -hmm. view of Christ and the cross, right?
0: Well, yeah. And I think it's, um, I think that, you know, just making a sweeping statement here, like Western church culture has kind of made this like the... You know, like, you don't question this, you don't touch this. Right, this is a close handed yeah. issue. Like, I remember, no discussion. I remember coming up kind of like, you know, doing research on things, diving a little bit more into things as I got more into church and ministry and, you know, all those conversations. And all the guys that, like, I listened to or subscribed to or whatever um, held to this and yeah. they made it seem like, and they're they're all they're all good dudes. I think they're um, extremely gifted Bible teachers and really mm-hmm. knowledgeable, much more than I am. But th- I think the area that they got it wrong is that they made it seem like this is not up for conversation. It's a
1: non-negotiable. It's, yeah, it's an automatic. And, it's and, like and a um, oh, duh. Yeah, like and everyone if, thinks. This. And
0: if you did, yeah open it up for conversation or question the other side of it it was like whoa 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 now you're now you're in dangerous territory yeah you know you're you're throwing verging terms, on something that's not christianity in terms of yeah, exactly. like heresy, and, yeah exactly heresy and you know back when yeah. back when i was growing up you know it was um the term was like the emergent church Ooh. you know so Ooh. you had you had like the you know the the orthodox you know christendom yeah, evangelicalism yeah, yeah. and then you had the emergent church and that always made me you know? think of swamp Thing. Do you remember yeah. the swamp Thing? Yeah, things? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, I just made it swamp, like, yeah, murky water. <laughs> but, um, and so I think that's wrong though, because, um, you know, as I've done more research about this and around this, um, the Orthodox Church and even largely churches that are not American um, or Americanized or Westernized right. um, still hold to... Um, a theory other than penal substitutionary atonement right penal substitutionary atonement is foreign to a lot of orthodox yes. churches that are non-westernized right and so this is very predominant in america yes. very predominant
1: in the evangelical evangelicalism circles, yeah you know but Christianity today things, yeah you know but it's not a like one size
0: fits all to right. people who believe that jesus is lord right. like worldwide people who right. would consider themselves a christian um don't adhere just exclusively to penal substitutionary atonement. Right. And so... Um, so there's another one that's that's huge. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right? There's yep. another, um, and it's this idea of Christus Victor, mm-hmm. which is Christ the Victor. And yeah. essentially, this was um, a reworking. So the Protestant Reformation happens in like the 16th century, right? And you got these big church fathers putting this thing together. Yeah. Um, and so this is sort of a reworking of the ransom theory. Now, the ransom theory is this... Old, old, old. I mean, it was it was the dominant theory of atonement for thousands of years. I think and so, it,
0: if it wasn't the first, it was one of right. the first ways of them kind of working out the crucifixion. Exactly. And so when these
1: church fathers, you know, Calvin and, and Luther and these guys, when they're doing this Protestant Reformation, what they're reworking is this ransom theory mm-hmm. of, of atonement, right? Yeah. And so with this idea of Christus Victor, what they did is is it's this Bishop Gustav Aulin who came at nice. this thing back in, yeah, Gustav, name, yeah, Gustav. <laughs> he, he comes at this thing in like the 1930s, right? And he writes this book called Christus Victor. It's, it's actually got a different name mm. in the original language or whatever, but essentially that's what it breaks but down to so. us. Yeah. Right. And so he goes back to the ransom theory and he's like, okay, the church fathers reworked it in this angle, in this way, from their culture, from their perspective, from their understanding of God and the gospel and all of this. But uh, Gustav comes at this thing a little bit differently, right? He thinks that penal substitution places an undue emphasis on man's obligation to offer payment to God and God's obligation to the law. He's like, no, you guys are putting this thing too much in a box. You're putting this thing in a a way that you're putting limitations on God and you're giving attributes to God that he requires Mm -hmm. our sort of uh, penance or our, um, you know. Yeah, uh, obligation, or whatever. as if he
0: needs like something from us to do what he does. Right, right. Yeah.
1: And so the main gist of Christus Victor that is this idea that you know it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't seem like some sort of business transaction. It's more of a rescue or a liberation of humanity from slavery and the sickness of sin. Yeah. It's like he wasn't coming to pay a price in substitution for us. Yeah, he's coming to liberate us and yeah. and free us from the bondage and weight. And just disgustingness of sin, yeah, right. Which is yeah. it's pretty different than the idea of penal substitution. You it's way I mean? different.
0: And and if you're so right now, if you're listening to this and you have largely or you know only been exposed to or mostly been exposed to penal substitutionary atonement theology, which you may never have even heard it called that, you may just what your understanding it, is. Yeah.
1: Christ went to the cross.
0: Yes, on your behalf. Yeah, and, to to yeah. pay for your sin and you to appease be God. There, yeah, to yeah. appease the to, wrath yeah. of justice of God. God, God had ra- that, you yeah, know yeah. all these verses that we God had wrath yeah. stored up for you. Right. You know He's storing up wrath right. for the day of judgment. But Jesus came in and was your mediator and saved you from yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know this whole thing. You might be thinking to yourself, okay, there's a few fundamental issues with Christus Victor right out the gate. Yeah. Um, you know, and because I remember when I was considering both sides of this. That's automatically where I went. Okay, wait a minute. But if God doesn't require it, then why have a cross at all? Right. Why do this at all? You know, and there's some fundamental questions that get raised right out the gate. But so just from the onset before we jump into it, I think I think to to shorthand both both sides, um, penal substitutionary atonement is God or is Jesus saving you from God? Yes. And that for might, God's sound, wrath that and God's might sound offensive, but of ultimately, if Jesus was not there and you were dead in your trespasses and sin, God would have to execute his wrath onto you. Yes. So for all intents and purposes, whether it sounds pretty or not, I mean, penal substitutionary atonement does not sound pretty. <laughs> um, Jesus saves you from God, right? from the wrath of God. Right. Christ's victor is Jesus saves you because of God. Right. Jesus saves you because God loves you and right. wants to pull you from your sin. So Jesus saves you because God sent him on a rescue mission. So one right. is Jesus saving you from God. And one is Jesus saving you for God or because of God. Dude. And so, and,
1: and your, your distinction on this, the, like we said at the onset of this, how this is such a big deal, the way you understand this tells a lot about your view of the Trinity and the relationship yeah. within the Trinity. Yeah. Because you're saying, you know, Jesus comes as our substitute because God wants to like dominate or whatever. Yeah. But then you got the other side that says Jesus and God are sort of working, commingling together to say, hey, let's liberate humanity. Here's the plan.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think the easiest way that that I could jump into kind of taking these two things apart and really giving, I guess, where I see them both making sense and where I see them both having issues, just kind of playing devil's advocate for both Um I think, so for me, I'll just start with Penal Substitutionary Atonement. Um, can we, Can we like, PSA, Penal substitute? Yeah, we'll just call it PSA, because Penal Substitutionary okay, yeah, Atonement, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 30 times an episode. It's, it's a mouthful. lot. So PSA, Penal Substitutionary Atonement, so that's your, your answer box for the yes, rest. There you go. When we say PSA, that's what not, it is. We're not telling you that yeah. again, so. So PSA, um, I think the reason why it makes sense, if you're just looking at it in theory, the reason why it makes sense is that we all know how screwed up humanity yes, is. Yes, yes, can be messed up. We know that God is is a holy God. God has standards, uh, and and just looking at the whole of Scripture, God uh, shows us those standards in a number of different ways. Right, covenants, laws, yeah, totally. commandments, all these things. And so it's easy for us in in the society in the world we live in to say, okay, um, you know, we just take it to like a, a like a judicial or like a a law breaking Mm -hmm. kind of reality that we live in where it's like you break a law. You can't be mad at that because you did it. You know, you do the crime, you do the time, you know, that's what, that's what you get. And that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to us because the world that we live in. And so it's not offensive for us to, to think God operates the same way. Right. So we go, okay, we broke God's law. We did the crime. We do the time, you know? And if we don't, Praise God Jesus will do it for us which yes. makes him our savior right? right because he has to save us from something right. so PSA works because we automatically put ourselves in that situation cuz that's that's what we know right. that's what we're raised in right. a world where it's like you know you get whatever you deserve yeah and and the gospel, you know, if you are in this PSA camp is that you don't get what you deserve. That's the scandal of grace. Yeah. Right. He died in our place. You know, like <laughs> that's that's mm. a song right Yeah. Now. And so it makes it makes sense in those terms. Okay, Jesus went to the cross for me. God's not wrong for wanting punishment for those things. We broke a law. We deserve that. Right. right God right. is absolutely clear of all moral failure in wanting to punish us because we deserve it. Right. That's how that makes sense. Where, where it doesn't make sense, though, is kind of, for me, is inside of that argument right there. We ought and and, and I, didn't, I didn't see this until I read a few different books, but what we're doing kind of when we do that is, you know, subconsciously we're relating God to the system we live in. What's wrong with that? The system we live in is man-made, right. and so when we say this makes perfect sense for God to operate this way, we're kind of turning the hierarchy of things upside down and going, this makes sense because of our system. Because God I understand is, it. Yes. God is subjected to our system of justice and rule-following, rule-breaking, punishment, You know, um, you know, you get what you deserve, action, reaction kind of thing. It makes sense when we put God into that, but that system of doing things and having laws and having uh, justice and, you know, criminal justice system and, you know, all that stuff, that's a man made structure. Right. And so the f- I, I think one of the fundamental things that is wrong with the PSA theory is that we automatically subjugate God to a man made system. Right. It makes sense for God to operate how man does. Right. And that's why the PSA makes sense to us mm-hmm. because we go, oh, yeah. That's how it is. That must be how God is. Right. But God says over and over in scripture, I'm not like you. Right. My ways are infinitely higher than yours. Yeah. There's other places where Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees about, you know, what's judgment? What's this? What's that? And Jesus yeah. says things like, "Well, first of all, I don't judge. But, but if I did, my just <laughs> my my judgment is is right, right and my just right. my judgment is good, you know, yeah. whatever. But he makes it known that it's not his mission to come out the gate and just start tearing people up with the law right right, right he came right. to abolish the law right you know or to fulfill the, to fulfill law, the which, law which which, right. ultimately, which
1: ultimately is it,
0: yes. the, the abolishment of it and so okay. that's my under like how i could see it making sense and that but then the fundamental issue i have with psa
1: yeah yeah so. and, and what's interesting to me is is when you look at both of these it's not that you even have to like because uh, i know an apprehension would be Oh, well, if you're messing with, you know, like the doctrine or, of the cross and your theology of the cross and all, all mm-hmm. the understanding around that, then you must be manipulating scripture. You must yeah. be, um, you know, eisegesis instead of exegesis and all these different, you know, whatever are yeah. just the typical arguments, typical responses to that. Yeah. And you're,
0: it's, which if you don't, if you don't get those terms, it's either you're reading your own intentions into scripture right. or you're drawing the, the, the original of the intention of in scripture right. out of it. Right. So
1: exegesis, okay. you're taking it out. Eisegesis, you're reading you're it. putting in. it in. Yeah. Um, and so. That's sort of but but really that's not that's not the issue here. The issue here is 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 broadening our understanding of the scripture. It's not that we're changing scripture, Mm -hmm. it's that we're learning and developing an understanding of scripture. And so we can read passages like Romans chapter three that talks about, you know, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, blah, 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 redemption through Jesus, the whole deal. And we can talk look at that and say, Okay. That doesn't necessarily have to mean one or the other. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yep. uh, we are we are really oftentimes using eisegesis, reading our intentions into the scripture mm-hmm. without even knowing it. Yeah. Without even being aware of it.
0: Saying, see, that's pretty clear. Yeah, that's see? what this means. The Bible yeah. clearly says, mm-hmm.
1: and it's like, bro, beware of anyone who says the Bible clearly says. Yeah. Because the Bible ain't saying things clearly, yeah. okay? It's an yep. ancient text written thousands <laughs> of years ago, and we are left to our understanding and interpretation to pull the truth from that. Right, you know what I mean, and so beware when someone says, "Well, the Bible clearly says that women can't be in ministry." The Bible right. clearly says yep. that. I mean, come on, guys, like yeah. for real. But um, it's it's interesting that that Scripture, when you approach Scripture to understand these things, that you don't have to manipulate manipulate Scripture. You just have to understand Scripture. Go on a yeah. go on a journey of seeking to understand, not seeking to justify your thoughts or your opinions, not seeking to justify the other person's thoughts or opinions, but really on a truth quest. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I think I just created a Christian video game. (laughs) The truth quest. The truth quest. (laughs) Uh, But you know what I mean? Like, scripture supports our views of the cross, but we have to have, we just need a broader understanding. We need to come at this thing with with a soft heart and an open mind and allow the Holy Spirit to really lead and speak and guide and direct us
0: in these things. So, do you have kind of a, uh, an A and B side to PSA before we go on to Christmas Victor? PSA, and I mean, I, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, yeah. it's like, uh, I, I think
1: I, I think that the, the difference between these two, from the outsider looking in, the outsider perspective, is very small. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you look at it and go, okay, Jesus died in your place as like a substitution for God's wrath, or mm-hmm. Jesus died to free and liberate you from the penalty of sin you know he's still dying for you right so that terminology still works right he's mm-hmm. still going to the cross in your place that still right. works mm-hmm. um, it's it's so from the outsider looking in it's I don't it seems like a minor difference right but I think when you really dive into it it can really shift your perspective like I said it changes the way you view the Trinity it yeah. changes the way you interpret um, you know, the way God interacts with himself. It yeah. changes the way that you interact with others. It changes the way that you present the gospel. It changes the way you live out the gospel. It changes the mm-hmm. way you do church. It changes mm-hmm. the way you approach the Bible. I mean, it changes a lot Yeah, about who you are in your faith journey.
0: Yeah. Well, I think what you said about how, how, you know, exegesis, Jesus that's a big thing to look at because it's like, um, even like Romans, uh, three right. um, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received, be received by faith. Uh, this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. Even when you read, you know, there's a lot of these verses that we take and automatically it's like, oh, that's PSA right there. Right. God uh, put him forward as the propitiation for our sin, the payment for our sin, right? And, but now here's another small, um, you know, asterisk for you. Not all translations say those words the same way. You know there are some translations that are translated by um, certain denominations yeah. and certain you know sects of Christianity to, to where it's like you can have a Super Baptist translation yeah. that caters to PSA and then you can have a super super whatever. you know whatever yeah. translation that really caters to you know uh, Christmas Victor or whatever yeah. and so um, read things in multiple translations mm-hmm. and see how they run up against that's, each other. That's
1: that's big. Yeah,
0: get to the heart of it. You know, don't only read the translation that puts it in agreement with whatever your theory or whichever way you lean is. Um, but even like that, so we'd automatically read that and we'd go, yeah, PSA, the propitiation, right? But when you really break it down, it's not saying that plainly. Jesus was the payment by his blood, but was that to appease God's wrath just because there was the shedding of blood? I mean, Jesus right. died, There is right. the shedding of blood, right? right? But that doesn't mean that it was uh, because God required that. We read that into it, right. you know what I mean. We we automatically fill in the blank, and we go because that's what God required. Right. But it maybe it's what was required to break the whole the bondage of sin on us right. to kind of like open our eyes back to God,
1: right. Right? right? And
0: but we don't ever fill the at least in Westernized Christianity, you know, by and large, I don't think we fill in the blank that way, right? Because we're so geared, you know, already we're predispositioned right. towards. You know, the PSA kind of stuff. And so anyway, small, small little excerpt on reading things in different translations, uh, yes. you know, reading things from different theologians and yes. being open to to, you know, like because like you said, from the outside looking in, you're going, you know, even just like that, like Jesus saved us from God. Jesus saved us for God. Same statement. One word is changed. Right. But it makes all One the difference. letter difference. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and so the letter M. Yeah, rework the letters and add the M, and it, and that's all it takes. Yeah. But it changes it changes the whole thing. Okay, yeah. so so CV. Um, do you kind of want to go with like uh, pro and con of it, or like? No, you go you for it. You're, kill- okay. you're killing it. Okay. Um, so for me, I think um, the way that I so I'll go with the the pro of it first. Yeah. The way that I see it working out is that. Um, it's really liberating. Like it is when you take God out of it, you know, because PSA kind of has a way of making God, the bad guy and the good guy. Yeah. You know, because God is the one who requires your death. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And since God's playing good cop, bad cop yeah. at the well, same time. And, and it
0: makes it, it makes <laughs> it seem God's kind of like God's schizophrenic. Yeah. Right. God loves you. So he sent Jesus, but he still requires you to die.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: because he made the rule that someone has to die, but then he didn't like and the rule bound to his rule. So Jesus. Ha- like yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so, it's yeah. And so uh, like he loved you way more than he loved his son, you know, like it's, it's
1: he, I'm telling you, it, it, you when know, you really dig into the theology of it and the yeah, doctrine of it. It's kind of hard. It,
0: it's really splintering in a lot of yeah. ways. It's, it's kind of hard. And so um, I think I think. Um, Christus Victor, which we'll call CV. Yeah. Um, you know, they sound like they sound like STDs. <laughs> <laughs> right. PSA and CV. PSA but, and CV. Um, so CV, Christus Victor. No, no. Well, yeah. You want so both? By the end of this, yeah, you'll 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 choose one. Yes. Um, but so, um, uh, CV though, I think it, it's good because it doesn't require God in any sense of it to be the bad guy. Right. It it's only Jesus is right. the victor. Right. His Jesus triumphs over right. everything, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's like you know, uh, God's not the bad guy. Our sin and sin nature is the problem that fractured all of humanity. Exactly. Which started with Adam and Eve. Yes. This idea. And, and that, then, that and, goes well, back to
1: the ransom theory. Yeah. And
0: when you trace it back, it actually puts yeah. Satan in his place as the bad guy because right. it all started with the garden when Satan tempted man initially. Right. right. So ultimately, Jesus is victorious over the temptation of Satan. And yep. then when temptation prevails and we sin, yep. Jesus is victorious over that as well. Right. God, the Father, never has to be the bad guy. Right. And he doesn't have to be schizophrenic because he's not making rules that he wants to break later. Well, <laughs> you know, and so that's the good part of it. The hard part of it for me is that um there's so th- PSA and who, you know, people that perpetuate it and really teach that, you know, the inner workings of it have done a really good job of kind of making it this like impenetrable force. They fill right. in all these different gaps. And so when you step outside of that and you go to like a CV side of it and you go, well, <clears throat> maybe God's not the bad guy. Jesus died to, to close the gap that our sin put between us and God. You're left with all these empty, empty holes where you're like, OK, well, if God isn't vengeful and, you know, doesn't require blood from us, then why go the way of the cross anyway? Why not make Jesus do something else? Why make Jesus do anything at all? Why, you know, there's all Mm -hmm. these other questions that you're left with when you start stepping away from, like, penal substitution, and you go, okay, wait a minute. So why the cross at all? Right. You know, because— PSA is a really does really good at filling in all this stuff, and so you're like, well, this is why this happened because of that, and yeah. that happened because of that, and it it covers all the angles. Yeah. CV is a little bit more like it's just it's it's as liberating as it is, and as freeing as it is. It's kind of like at times feels like a free fall altogether, right? Because you're and like, it's scary for people. Whoa, it really is. What? Yeah, yeah,
1: it really is. And for if my understanding is correct, I could I could be wrong, but I, I believe like the idea behind why the cross at all and all that and the CV. Uh, lane is that, you know, Adam and Eve sort of allowed sin to take a dominant position in humanity. Yeah. Right. With Mm -hmm. their sin and the Mm fall in Genesis three and all of that. And so um, that, which, which in turn gave Satan authority in Mm -hmm. humanity. And Mm -hmm. so for Christ, uh, at least in the ransom theory, the, the idea that Christ goes to the cross is this idea of like Satan, defeating satan winning whatever Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. sin power of sin and death is whatever that christ had to go to the cross and overcome that to say no that has no dominion that has no freedom that has no victory here because you know christ had to subjugate himself to that Mm -hmm. in order to say hey look i have conquered that yeah i have conquered sin and i've conquered death and so therefore no longer does it hold a place here and so i'm liberating you from sin i'm liberating you from death and it's, a just, it's the difference in perspective of like, that. those are the things I'm liberating you from, right. not the wrath of God.
0: Right. Not the wrath right. of
1: God because of the law of God, that, he, like you said, that he established that now he's held to yeah. by right. his own law yeah. and whatever. It's like... And now he's got to like
0: kind of create a back door to it because right. he changed his mind. Or, right. You know, and so there, there are as many, I think, what ifs on PSA, if oh, you yeah. really break it down and kind of okay. run them up against each other, that are really worth considering like we said in the beginning all this stuff is really worth kind of asking yourself and and evaluating um to what you were saying um brian zahn has a book and some of you guys listening to this just hear me say brian zahn and you're like okay Uh, we're we're turning we're turning this off turn this off heretic um, brian zahn is actually (laughs) uh he's an author he's a pastor in like joplin missouri yeah he has a, a church called word of life but it's not like word of life you know like like you would think there's like other big churches and organizations. Like, I'm called pretty sure life. there's
1: 700 word of life. Yeah. Churches. There's
0: 2 billion, 2.2 2 billion. Our church is
1: called central church. And there's yeah. about 3000 yeah. of those as well in Michigan
0: alone. <laughs> yes. So, um, uh, but he wrote a book called sinners in the hands of a loving God. Um, and so um, it's, it's kind of like a ton, tongue in cheek take on sinners in the hands of um, an angry God, which is Jonathan Edwards, Puritan writing that he had like, many uh revival off of and scared literally the hell out of people um <laughs> literally
1: he, and fitness.
0: yes he had <laughs> he had imagery in it i remember we had to read this in high school uh, literature class and um he had he had different analogies in there and he painted pictures like um you know humankind is like a spider hanging on a thread and god is dangling it over a burning fire and he's waiting for you to yeah. to mess up again before he releases you into the fire. So turn away now. Ooh, and where do whatever. I sign up? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> sounds yeah. brilliant. Yeah, let me
1: live my life that way. Now
0: let's go sing some Bethel, you know. Yeah. And so it's like, um, so anyway, in in his book, he has a chapter called "Who Killed Jesus?" Right. Um, and he says this. It's kind of to the heart of what yeah. you just said. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll be pretty obvious where Zond stands with this, but um, he says God did not kill Jesus. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> All right, that's the end. He says God's actions on Good Friday <laughs> were to surrender His beloved Son to our system, so our system killed Jesus. Uh, but on Easter Sunday, God overthrew the satanic ver- our satanic verdict by raising Jesus from the dead. Again, God did not kill Jesus; we did. Uh, and then he goes on to say, instead of being da 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 God raised Jesus from the dead and in Christ gave us a new way of organizing our world. So instead of being organized around blame and ritual killing, the world is now to be organized around forgiveness and co-suffering love. Then at the end of the chapter, he says, it's not about the appeasement of a vengeful deity, but the supreme demonstration of God's everlasting love. And so when you go, well, why the cross at all? Why, big, you know, I was asking those questions. Man. That That's pretty huge because it's like, well, God chose the cross because it was, like ask yourself this and it, and it kind of all traces back our society, you know, even now, you know, we, we talk about and this might be a hot topic in, in and of itself. But just to kind of take it there for two seconds, you know, we talk about being pro-life and, you know, all these different things. And yeah. um, but, you know, one of the things that I think Christians um, uh, kind of get confused is what pro-life really is is it only pro-life in terms of um you know babies or is it pro-life in terms of all humans is it with the death penalty yeah war all that everything else and so we're you know as far back as you can remember with our systems of war of criminal justice with the death penalty with you know uh capital punishment which is the death penalty with um all these different things you know like The atom bomb, and we're going to put a stop to the to the you know Adolf Hitler is killing people in. Concentration camps, and so to stop him, we're going to kill them, and you know, not and and again, I'm not saying right. that I have answers for that because right. that's hard to do. You know right. what I mean? I'd probably pull the trigger too on that, and that's that's a hard thing to do because that is such a great evil that needs to be stopped. So how do we stop it? Right? I know those are big questions right. that plague humanity that I don't have the answer to. That's, on like, the a, that's like a theologian's podcast. I was gonna
1: say, that's like a three episode series. Yes, there, that's
0: that's <laughs> that's an entire lifetime. So you know, yeah. how do you work that out? You yeah. know, and that in and of itself, that argument. Um, C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton go back and forth on those things all the time. They have corresponding papers written about those views and stuff. And so that's a hard thing that people much smarter than me still haven't cracked the code on yet. But it's a big question. But what you can't argue is the fact that we have tried to employ um, a system of requiring death for death and life for life all throughout history, as far back as you can go. As far back as you can go, that was the answer to it, right? Yep, yep. You steal something, we cut your finger off. You, yeah. you know, you hurt somebody, we kill you. You know, like yeah. it's it's this even payment for everything, and so it makes sense for us to say that that's why God requires this stuff. But um, that's a very easy way for us to kind of put God again into that human box where we say, hey, yeah. because we require life for life, then God does too. So when you say why the cross? The cross because that's our world system of dealing with things no matter where you stand at in history we require life for life and so god says how can i break that system i'm going to put jesus in the capital punishment system so he can overthrow that capital punishment system and so um i don't want to lean too heavy one way or the other i feel like i'm kind of giving favor to the cv side of it but um that kind of answers those questions and so when you do your research on it there's 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 good, sides on b- or there there good stuff and on both of this, so, you So know?
1: here's, like, to, to wrap this up, here's my question to you. Does it have to be either or?
0: I don't think it has to be either or. No. there's you got, there's,
1: you got theologians that, that land in the middle and say, you know what? It's both and. Yeah. There's some good in here, some good in there. And yeah. And let's kind of rework this and I think, put it together.
0: I think N.T. Wright lands in the middle. Yeah. Um, there's a guy who works for Hillsong. He's really funny on social media. We yeah. share him a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah on our story on Theobrogens, his name is Nathan Finocchio. He lands in the middle, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I don't think you have to hold to both. I think you can mesh them, but I think the biggest thing is to have the conversation about That's it huge. and have to know conversation. do the know, research, do the work. Yeah. And, and ultimately, um, you know, what we came back to, it's not to condemn anybody, but I think you'll find that your view on one of these, uh, is rooted in who Jesus is. And yeah. so, um, you know, Zahn says something else in his book where he says Jesus is the exact image of who God is. Right. And so God, He's if a full God, yeah, yeah, and so if Je- if we see Jesus to be loving and merciful and redemptive and forgiving and all of those and you know drawing all people unto Himself and together, yeah. then in judgment or in atonement, why wouldn't God do the same thing? And these are. I'm, again, I don't want to lead you down, too far down one road or the other because yeah. I get the PSA but, side of it too. It that's makes so sense, cool. That's what's but, so
1: cool about studying God and studying theology and putting all these doctrines together, like the Christology and the the pneumatology, hermatology, all these different ologies. Right? Yeah. They all play together, and they yeah. all influence each other, and yeah. they all impact each other. And so, it's it's like and he, there can
0: be strands of of each that overlap. Absolutely. You and can, so when you, you start can pulling having, on cords in certain things, it's yeah.
1: like things start to tug at other doctrines and other yeah. beliefs and other systems. And so that's why these conversations are so important. That's yes. why it's so important for us as Christ followers, as uh, leaders in the church, ministers in the church, uh, pastors, preachers, teachers, whatever. Yeah, It's important for us to have these conversations to not say, this is where I stand. Yeah. You know, this is else, it. And, yeah. and
0: that's heresy if you're outside yeah, of that. Whatever. That's such a dangerous, because and
1: I would suggest, immature position to take. Absolutely. Because the reality is, and I think we said this at G- in the Jesus at the Center episode, that the closer you get to God, the bigger he gets. Yeah. And the bigger he gets, the more you realize, holy crap, I don't know half as much as I thought I knew. Yeah. You know? Well, Certainty and- it goes out the window because it's like...
0: Yeah faith well and because you know jesus is so big and so one of the other things i i'm quoting him so much because i have the book in front of in front of me and it's reminding me of things that he said but one, no matter what side you stand on one of the things that he says is reevaluating and questioning these things isn't anti-christian it's actually deeply christian right because it it, it, and, it and it doesn't give you or it doesn't require a low view of scripture some people will go well if you're questioning this you know you don't you don't value the bible you it's don't like, believe no, the Bible's true that's
1: not it at no, all no no no
0: it it, it doesn't take a low view of scripture. It's actually because you have a high view of Jesus. Right. You want to know more of who Jesus is. Jesus right. is the the crown jewel of the whole faith. Exactly. And knowing him is is the prize, That's right? Huge. And so you want to know more about him. You have to ask these questions. Exactly. That doesn't mean you're throwing out scripture. No. It means you're, you're looking diving at all into the, scripture even more. Yeah. You're looking yeah. at all the angles. Yes. You're whatever. So yes. he says it's not anti Christian. It's actually deeply Christian to right. have those conversations because you have a high view of who Jesus right. is. Right. Well,
1: you had the ransom theory for thousands of years. Then you got the Reformation where these church fathers come in and change things and say, you know, I'm sure at that time people were like, no, these guys are heretics. They're all going to hell, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then you got some three, 400 years later, this Gustav guy comes along and says, hey, actually, I think they kind of, yep. you know, missed the mark in a yep. certain way. And so it's all progressive. They it's amend all, it. Yeah. They talk about it. They it's change a journey. it. They, it's a faith journey. Yes. It's a faith process. And yeah. I mean, even Paul says, you know, not that I've arrived, but blah, 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 blah because you don't arrive. There is no, no yeah. arriving. Yeah. And if you think that you've arrived, you're at a very immature, young. Yes. The reality is, you just started.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, insecurity speaks loud, no matter <laughs> how how what you're insecure in. And so, if there's areas of this where the conversation goes, and you're like, whoa, 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 not there. You know, again, you got to be secure enough in something to have a conversation yes. about yes, it. Absolutely. And if you can't have a conversation about it. There might be insecurity there Which is even more the reason yeah. To dive in And exactly. see really why you think what you think
1: And so that's the reality That's what The is all about That's what this podcast is all about We're talking through theology We're talking through ministry We're talking talking through Christian living And hot topics, culture topics, whatever So we want you guys to join the conversation with yes. us yeah. So Rich, hit them with the socials And then yeah. we'll play our Righteous Rollout Righteous Rollout And, uh, roll out. and we, can, we can keep the conversation going Yeah,
0: please do Get at us on social media Some of you guys have already been doing that That's been great Thank you for that um, you can get us on instagram it's at theobrojans um and then on facebook it's at theobrojans and so if you Pretty look simple. us up we're the we're the ones with the orange circle, but wait there's two with an orange circle. We talked about this last episode Yeah,
1: we're with the r o c k in the u s a yeah guys.
0: we're we're waiting for a cease and desist from the other ones <laughs> but um <laughs> The with the rock signs yeah, In cartoon gems, hands gems, With lightning thunder, bolts and yeah, diamonds yeah, yeah. and gems And all that Dropping gems bringing the thunder yeah. Get at us, talk to us, let us know what you think Absolutely. Is, it, is it Christus Victor or Penal Substitutionary Atonement Or a little bit of both Or somewhere in between yeah. Let us know Let's do it